0: Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I have focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Okay, great. So Sean Wells, <laughs> welcome to biohacking with Brittany, the podcast. I am super excited to have you joining me. Um, I feel like this is a long time coming and that's definitely not something that I say very often about my guests. Um, like we were talking about earlier, I have known about you for years. I think like ever since I joined the biohacking community in 2018, um, I just see your name pop up all the time on social media and on other podcasts. And so, yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I agree. I've been watching you from a distance for some time and we interact a little bit on Instagram and I love the content you put out and we're friends with so many common people. Like Kayla is actually one of my best friends and it's just awesome. Um, so I'm really excited as well to be on your show. I think it's it's high time that we, we've done this.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Um, and yeah, I, I, we definitely have some people who are in common. Um, I feel like the biohacking community is actually quite close-knit, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, so you are very educated and very experienced, and you have a new book coming out called the energy formula so before we dive into that I want you to take us back and explain to us how you got to this point in your career and in your health like what was it what was the catalyst that really like started your health journey for you
1: yeah I grew up with a, a chaotic childhood with um, a lot of bullying and and uh, and, a, and a broken home and and uh, I was a junk food junkie to, to soothe myself. And I grew up morbidly obese and really bad disordered eating, uh, body dysmorphia, um, really pretty severe depression, suicidal thoughts, all that kind of stuff. And I ended up getting into college at Babson college, a top business specialty school. I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. So everyone told me go do business and that's what I was doing. And in between my, Sophomore and junior year, I started working out really heavy. And then right before starting my junior year, um, I went to see a doctor and I was telling him how I was just so passionate about working out, how I was like seeing all these changes in my body. And I was reading all the bodybuilding magazines and taking all the supplements, the protein, the creatine, the BCAAs and all the stuff. Um, Probably too many things because I was just believing all the hype of these magazines (laughs) but I was seeing incredible changes. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I was actually feeling somewhat proud about my body and and who I was. And this doctor like, you know, stopped me. And he like drew out this lifeline between 20 and 80 and said, why not be happy between here and here? And I was like, Wow, okay. <laughs> like, like he had no reason to tell me this. this isn't his job, but like he saw like that I was passionate about it, and he like gave me permission to to go pursue this job of like being a formulator, and I didn't even know I wanted it. But then the second he said it, I was like, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want to be. I want to be a formulator. I didn't even know if there are people that are paid to do that, uh, or if they're paid well or if it's a thing you go to school for so i started working on it and looking at what it would take i wanted to go to chapel hill for my master's in uh, nutrition biochemistry and do a minor in like exercise science and and i was like yeah i'll be a formulator i'll, I'll get my rd and somehow this is all going to work out and um that's what i did i ended up finishing at babson and getting like two years worth of prereqs uh at unc greensboro Kind of the flip side of that story is uh, a guidance counselor at UNC Greensboro, where I was going to get in-state status, get all my prereqs done. He told me, he's like, that's 26 credit hours a semester of pure sciences and labs. You're a business student. You're going to fail and fail miserably. And you're not even in that good a shape. And I ended up leaving his office and thinking of committing suicide. Uh, because for two years I had this dream in my mind and it just it's stuck with me that like one guy it wasn't his business to like give me my dream but he did like his words were that powerful like he doesn't even know it's like it's the whole reason I'm here and this other guy I almost Mm -hmm. took my life and he almost took away my dream who knows how many dreams he did take away and you know that's a powerful thing that stuck with me I ended up having more resolve as a result of this guy because literally every day, almost in a hateful way, for two years, I thought of this guy every single day, like his voice rung in my head. And I was like, no, I can't go party. No, I can't go to this restaurant, go to this bar, you know, go drinking, whatever. i like, I'm going to focus on this. And I ended up like getting straight A's at UNCG, getting into UNC Chapel Hill. And then furthering my resolve there while I was working on my RD and doing biochemistry. I ended up because I was working probably 80 hours a week between school and working full time and working out and all these things. Uh, And I was very focused on aesthetics at that time because I had like, again, the body dysmorphia and history of eating disorders and all those things. Um, I ended up getting Epstein-Barr virus, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's. I couldn't get out of bed for six months. I thought of killing myself again because year. I was close to my dream. I was only six months away from graduating. And I thought I'd never be out of bed and I'd never have a life and I'd never be a dietitian, let alone a formulator. And I ended up, that's when I fell into keto. It was about 20 years ago. Um, and I've been doing keto ever since. And, uh, and that got me out of bed, got me out of pain and inflammation And it shifted my focus from like sports nutrition and creatine. And like, that's kind of where I started like cutting my teeth, like in the industry was, was sports nutrition. But I ended up moving into like autoimmunity and energy because (laughs) literally like if you find anyone who's really good at what they do, there's a, there's a why behind all that. And for me, like all my passions of like what I was like formulating and trying to do, even when I was doing sports nutrition supplements, they revolved around, anti-aging wellness, like on the low, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was always kind of fitting that in because those are the ingredients I was using to try and shift my life. And about eight years ago, when I finally got my job with Dimatize, like working full time as a formulator, it was like my dream job, but we were pushing hard to sell the company and we eventually sold it for 425 million to post and, um, I was working again, eighty plus hours a week, working high stress, um, and I got a brain tumor. And again, like that shifted my focus now, like towards like brain health and depression, and and you know, uh, and and I had just come out of long term care and looking at Alzheimer's dementia with a lot of patients, and like so, like my new focus was brain health. And then more recently, I've been like really pushing myself and, 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 and trying to get into um, new modes of like plant medicine and therapy and inner work and, you know, those kinds of things. And then I finally, like about a year and a half ago, hit this point of like, finally resolving so much of my desire for achievement, my insecurity, my, um, trying to level up and get more letters after my name and get more money and get in bigger rooms, get on more TV shows, have the status. And it was about like, it was literally right before COVID. And then certainly through COVID that I started doing plant medicine, started doing therapy, started getting into um, different masterminds and getting mentors and like really getting self-love as like a huge part of that equation. And then Mm -hmm realizing that I can use the biohacks as optimization on top of that solid foundation. But for most of my life, I was biohacking as a way to survive. Like all the things that I was doing to my body in terms of hating my body and pushing my body and pushing through all the signals that were saying, stop always being like full sympathetic nervous system mode. Like I was in hustle and grind, like sympathetic and ultra sympathetic. You know, I was never in like a, A non-vigilant state like a parasympathetic state so it was like finally like when i got into these plant medicine spaces that i you know broke down the the ego constructs you know broke down like my projections and these stories and and the self-loathing and the disordered eating and all the stuff that i was doing like at one point i had like severe anorexia i went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds i was weighing myself every time i peed to see if i was less you know, like I've I've been through it. And so the biohacking and, and this book, by the way, I rewrote it three times. And I even recorded it once in LA six months ago. And then I re-recorded it about a month ago. Because and if you've recorded a book, it's a lot of work and money. So I literally had like massive shifts in like who I am and, and how I wanted to show up like in terms of um, in, in the self-love, in, in the mental health, uh, in those kinds of things. So now that's like a through line in the book that kind of weaves it all together is the resilience both mentally and physically uh, being harder to kill, so to speak, like looking at allostatic load, looking at stoicism, uh, looking at all those things and, and how that's, that's a common thread now to me of, of how I approach my life.
0: That's amazing. I have like so many thoughts about everything you just said. As a biohacker, um, I've struggled with similar things in in different ways. I think that, you know, I love biohacking and like my business is around biohacking, but it's very easy to get swept up in um, constantly leveling up In your career, in your body, in your mental health, like all of these things and feeling like you're aiming for perfect health, but perfect health doesn't even exist. Like no one is perfectly healthy, but then you're constantly trying to be healthy and optimize your health. And it's this whole thing of like, how can I be as healthy as I can, but not drive myself into the ground trying to be that, right? And like, that's what I've struggled with. And sounds like you've kind of struggled with similar things. So- In terms of like body dysmorphia and these really tough things that you've been through, if someone is going through that, like how do you, like how do you navigate that? Like where do you start? Like where do you, where do you realize that, okay, like this is too much? Like I can try and be as healthy as I can, but let's not take it overboard.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it really, a lot of it connects back to traumas and insecurities and projecting and being out of alignment with like your, uh, your integrity and your, your, your true self and your desires. Like we're, we're not good at setting boundaries. One, people are walking all over those. And two, we are, we have a competitive drive and that competitive drive to level up, like you're talking about uh, usually comes from a place of, of insecurity and for me that was definitely the case like i i lacked self-love it was it was self-loathing if anything so i was constantly trying to prove to myself and others that i was good enough and i thought if i got to this certain point then i would get love for myself and from others and there was never that point Mm. like no matter like you know i i made seven figures i sold companies i had super fast cars and, you know, have a house on the lake and, you know, well-known in the industry and I've patented ingredients and I've been on TV and documentary there. I have a book coming out. You'd think at this point, like, Sean should be happy. No. Like if anything, like there's always like at that next level, you feel more insecure all over again. And you're like the imposter syndrome comes up and it's like, you just never feel like you're there. And you always feel like, oh, the people on this level are so much more in in front of me. And I don't deserve to be here. And, you know, one thing that helped me when I started working on that that self-love in the plant medicine space and really feeling that shift in my heart and in my brain, like on a neuroplastic level, like when you actually feel like you can love yourself and that love is a state of being not a state of doing it's not like an achievement and that's what i was always thinking if i get here then i will have love but it's just a state of being just like being sexy or successful or healthy or happy like those are states of being it's not an achievement and so when i actually like had that epiphany in my brain and in my heart in that plant medicine space that was like imprinted on me and it forever changed me like you could have told me that for the first x years of my life but i wouldn't have really listened to it it would just it would just bounce off me but in that space like you are neuroplastic you do have enhanced bdnf and and you're able to rewrite your code so to speak so um that was that was the game changer for me and i think most of my life i was using biohacking while i was going 80 miles an hour down the road to fix the car and meanwhile i needed to pull the car over i needed self care i needed to tune up the car and use these biohacks once mm-hmm. the car was you know tuned up and fixed and we were rolling it back down the road and that's it's such a huge difference and and you're right like so many of the people i meet are using biohacking more from that uh, insecure space of like the N is one self-quantification. Like how do I push the limits? (laughs) Meanwhile, like they don't have that solid foundation. It's, It's coming from more of a place of insecurity and competitiveness and it's not coming from a place of optimization really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ego is, the ego is real. Like I, I feel it every, I feel it every day, like mm-hmm. in my career, I feel it on social media, like all the time. It's just this like voice in your head that is so difficult to navigate. Um, so how do you love yourself more? Like, like tangible, like, tell me what you do. Do you, is it like affirmations? Is it visualization? Like, what is your like actual action steps that you do to increase your self-love?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And like something that I've been exploring quite a bit and and really trying to reinforce when I've spent most of my life hating myself, literally hating myself. And, you know, speaking of biohacking, like I've struggled with that word, like thinking I wanted to like hack it out and fix it. And I want to like get the change immediately. And like the word almost like fit the way I felt about myself perfectly. And like, I literally had Mm -hmm. dreams of like hacking my fat off my, about my body, you know, it's like, so Mm biohacking is like a word itself. Like I've had to like work through and and it resonates with a lot of people. So I Mm -hmm. use it and I've been able to evolve the word in my brain. And I've even like done this mashup term where there's hacktivism, which is hacking for the social good, Mm -hmm. you know, like Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, anonymous, like those kind of groups. And I came up with the term biohacktivism mm-hmm. where like if I optimize myself the, as the N of one, that I can have a greater impact on the world around me. If I'm thriving, if I'm heads up, because I feel like we're in the right place, mm-hmm. right time all the time, but we're just heads down too much to even notice it. There's there's so much opportunity to impact the world and, and express your purpose and your why. Um, but for me like getting the mentors around me getting the uh therapists like I've been doing Byron Katie style work uh where you really work through like your stories and your projections and expose those to not be true as like your ego constructs like to protect itself um you can actually go to thework.com for Byron Katie's stuff and she's amazing um but doing masterminds uh that's been super helpful to get around these other people that are successful That I see probably ninety percent of the male entrepreneurs I've met are have been abused, neglected, and I would say like 40% have been molested. And it's just stuff that you don't hear about. Uh, you know, for men in particular, it's often suppressed. We're not allowed to express emotions and it's considered weakness and and Yes, a lot of these people are very successful monetarily uh, and have built big companies and some of the guys I've met are even billionaires and and they're still hurting, you know, and and it's um, so that's one of the things that I've been exploring. And I've been seeing that I deserve to be in these rooms and I shifted from this guy has five million followers. This girl has ten million dollars a year. Do I deserve to be here? I'm an imposter to wait. I have all these awesome people around me, like biohacking Brittany. I must be a badass because I'm here. And I have these amazing people around me. Mm-hmm. And they're all badasses. So it's like mm-hmm. it's a shift. And you know, I just did a week-long NLP and, and got my practitioner in that in hypnosis and, and NLP. And so much of nlp and so much of what makes people successful is reframing and that's what i'm working on and yeah i'm doing like gratitude i'm doing affirmations like that's how i start every morning is in that type of reframing about how much opportunity there is how much gratitude i have for the world around me uh, for the people that are around me now that i'm loving myself i can show up more and i can love other people i can feel love from them uh, so that's been the massive shift for me.
0: I want to quickly interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about EMFs. So EMFs are my EMF blocking underwear for women made by women that are cute and comfy and practical and really protect our bodies from the EMF and radiation around us, from our phone, from our computer, from Wi-Fi, from Bluetooth, from all sorts of places. Um, There's nothing like these on the market because if there were, I would have bought them. Um, And I'm really excited to be bringing these for pre-order very soon. So what that means is that you will pre-order them in April and they will get shipped out later in May, but they're at a discounted price during pre-order, which is really cool too. Um, definitely get on the wait list if you're not on the wait list already. The link is in the show notes. And yeah, follow us on social media. And if you have any questions for me about how they specifically work, feel free to message me online or send me an email. They have about 40% silver fiber in the fabric, which protects any Like frequencies, fields, or radiation from actually hitting the body, so it protects your ovaries, protects your reproductive parts, which is super important because of the data coming out on how like impactful this is on female health. So stay tuned for that. Again, the link is in the show notes, and message me if you have any questions. Wow, yeah, I find that it's different for different people. And I really like that self-care has become not trendy, but like it's more popular there than it used to be. And I think COVID has actually
1: expedited
0: that in a good way. Um, There's still people who think like self-care is so woo-woo and like hippy dippy and, you know, typically like older generations think that. And it's, 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 it's hard to explain it, but like, if you're not taking care of yourself, how do you expect yourself to show up for your family, for your friends, for your job? Um, and so many people just don't do that, and it's just, yeah, it's hard to see. And I like I see it in my friends and family, and people are like just drowning, right? And you and you talk to them about self care, and they look at you like you're crazy, and like you're just talking about woo woo things. Um, so it's hard, and yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where, I, yeah.
1: If you're not in states of ease, then you're going to find yourself in states of disease, literally getting disease, your body, uh, that allostatic load that we were talking about, that bucket, that stress bucket's only so big. Mm-hmm. And things that are even considered stresses, meaning positive stressors, yeah. when your bucket's overflowing, become distresses. And and it like, that's like, I, I did a, a fasting challenge last year, 72 hour fasting challenge. And I, I ran it and I had all kinds of celebrity influencers on it and all kinds of companies in it. But I was also working full time and doing all the things. And I was trying to answer all the DMs and talk to all the companies and share all the stories and do all the things. And I had a nervous breakdown. It was the first time in my life I've ever had a breakdown. I've been depressed before, suicidal. I've been all kinds of things but it's the first time i like sh- was shaking and like had a breakdown and i was screaming like why won't you help me to my team and it's i wasn't even asking for their help i was trying to do it all like i wasn't trusting them to help me like it was it was just crazy but like something that should be a youth stress ended up becoming a distress because i had too full of a bucket mm. and so That's the question. And and we are easier to kill now, so to speak. We are less resilient. We have much smaller buckets than we used to have because we don't have the the thermic stress like we used to. We're not exposed to cold and heat like we used to be. We're, We're literally at 68 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit all day long every day. And we don't go days without eating like we used to. Food is omnipresent through Grubhub and Uber Eats and vending machines and convenience stores and full pantries and all the things we're always eating and like all of this just we're we're we have less resilience we're not working out as manually as we used to we might go to the gym for one hour maybe a day but they've shown in studies that it takes about 45 minutes to undo your sitting syndrome so like we're, we're just not set up like we used to be to be as resilient as we once were so we have to find ways like through biohacking to increase that allostatic mm. load uh, capacity, to increase the size of our stress bucket. Um, and that's, that's mm. key. And like things like adaptogens can help increase the size of that stress bucket, because they literally help with like physiologic and mental stress, help to normalize you. Things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, um, those are probably my two favorite, maca and um, lion's mane or some others. Um, and then certainly doing like cold plunges and, uh, hot, um, hot showers or hot saunas, red light, um, all those things like, and then even more is like doing the, uh, contrasting the Delta between the two would be even greater. Um, you can do like that Ray Crony thing, like where you're going hot, 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 cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold in the shower. Um, that's something to explore. But again, you have to do these in the right way, in the right amount for you. Like you wouldn't go to a 10-minute cold plunge right out of the gate. You wouldn't go to a 72-hour fast right out of the gate. You know, you have to explore these things mm-hmm. in the right way uh, for you, for your bio-individuality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely explored a lot of those Um on and off in different ways over the, over the past few years and like some work and some don't work. And, um, it's really accepting getting uncomfortable. I find with that because especially cold therapy in the beginning kind of (laughs) sucks. Like a cold shower doesn't feel good until you've been in there for a couple minutes and then it starts to feel good. Um, so a lot of people don't even want to take that step though. Like when I talk about cold therapy on Instagram, it's, People are like, oh, I would never do that. I would never take a cold shower. That looks so awful. Like people are so hesitant to try it. Um, but then you get the biohackers who are diehard and who just like want to try everything. So I find it's like very polarizing. Um, that's
1: but that's like a that's a mentality that you have to look out for is mm. and that's the mentality I always had is like taking things to the extreme. I've done that my whole life and biohacking, it's very easy to get extreme real fast. And that yeah. can be a sign of that mentality that I'm talking about—that that insecure drive, like I'm gonna hack the shit out of this, like I like I do everything in my life, like everything has to be to the most extreme, and the more mm-hmm. I feel sacrifice and pain, the better it is for me. And that's not necessarily true. Right. That gets into that state of of disease or distress, you know. So you have to be careful with that. But certainly, there's these people that that aren't challenging themselves enough, where you need to get uncomfortable at times to have that greater resilience to grow that stress bucket. And, you know, yes, you should seek states of ease for the most part so that you can rest and digest so that you can recover, that you can have autophagy. But then you also need these small periods of uncomfortability to keep leveling up and growing your resilience level. It's just like with with COVID, Mm -hmm. with COVID-19 or or just um, any of these pathogens in general. Like we need to take our immune system to the gym. If we're if we're feeling healthy, if we have room in our bucket, if we um, if we're not metabolically um, uh, insufficient, you know, with with a metabolic syndrome or or high insulin, uh, chronically elevated insulin, etc., then then we should be finding ways to increase. Uh, the pathogens around us, increase the healthy bacteria around us so that we have that resilience with our immune system. The worst thing we can do is sterilize everything, use antibiotics, use the vaccines, like uh, isolate ourselves, not interact with other people and dogs and not get hugs, you know, expose ourselves to blue light, not get outside, not get the, the dirt on our fingers and on our feet, and, and then have no microbiome exposure feel lonely, feel fear from being separated and isolated. And where is that gonna put our immune system? Yeah, then then we do need vaccines. Then we do need these medications. Mm-hmm. But we're not taking our immune system mm-hmm. to the we're not growing our resilience like we should.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I you know, I struggle with COVID. And the vaccine situation, which we don't have to publicly talk about, um, it's hard. It's hard to be a biohacker and watch a public health crisis and be in a public health crisis. Because typically the way that you see your body and the way that you see health is different from the average person. But it might not necessarily align. It also might not necessarily align with what the news is saying and what we're told, what we're supposed to do, which is exactly what you just said. Um, uh, so how are you navigating this? Like, how are you as a biohacker, how are you navigating COVID?
1: Cool. Great that you asked. We'll get into some, some biohacks. Then. Um, so, uh, my top, uh, supplements is, you know, I'm a supplement guy, so I take, uh, liposomal vitamin C, um, several grams a day, or you can do IV vitamin C, um, sometimes maybe like once a month, especially if I was traveling at a, an, at an event, like maybe a plant medicine journey, I'll do like 30 to 50 grams of IV vitamin C. Uh, I do vitamin D daily, like 5,000 to 10,000 I use depending on my sun exposure uh, along with K2 uh, in the MK7 form. I take mono, and I take a lot of stuff from my immune system because I'm kind of coming from that immunocompromised background that I was talking about with Epstein-Barr and other things. I take monolaurin. Uh, they're little beadlets. Uh, it's um, a form of C12 lauric acid that's potently antiviral and, and antibactericidal um, um, that is just extremely effective for me and my immune system uh, time and time again Uh, if i'm feeling like i'm low or depleted i take l lysine it's uh, an amino acid that boosts the immune system about two to five grams daily and then something called ahcc active hexose correlated compound it's from mushrooms and it's the most effective thing i've found at making my immune system bounce back. Uh, when I feel like I'm just bottoming out and I'm about to get sick, like this stuff is amazing. It's, it's expensive, 750 milligrams twice a day. A bottle is like 70 or $80, but it'll last me like four uses. I'll just use it for like five to seven days whenever I'm feeling depleted. Um, I do a cyclical and targeted ketogenic diet. I do have paleo. I do intermittent fasting uh, a 16 and eight and probably once every month or two, I do an extended fast of maybe like 48 hours, something like that. Um, I have done 72 a few times and I just did 90 actually, like, uh, a month ago. That was my, my longest I've done. Um, and and then i do red light therapy i have a sunlight and sauna i use that i do cold showers i also jump in my lake uh, that i live right on the lake so i just i get other uh microbiome like I, i run around out of my grass i do grounding barefoot and then i jump in the lake and is the lake clean no and is my you know is there dirt and and all kinds of stuff in the dirt and bugs and whatever yeah and Like I'll actually like dig up weeds in my yard while I'm like walking around getting sunshine and I get dirt underneath my fingernails and I got my face in the wind and my dog outside with me. And (laughs) it's all good. Like we're supposed to, like it's not to be in an artificial box with an artificial floor with artificial shoes on our feet that are spreading us from this carpet on our floor. And artificial junk light coming in and EMFs, and we're staring at an artificial life on an artificial screen, and we're eating artificial food, you know, breathing artificial air. And it's like we think that it's weird to be outside in the sunshine. And it's like, what? <laughs> like you know like this is what we've evolved for after millions of years. We're not meant to be in the box with fluorescent light and EMFs and, and recycled air. That's not, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. And we're not, and we're surprised that we're unhealthy when we're isolated from people and just interacting on social media. And clearly that's not the way. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love a lot of what you do. Um, And I do a lot of it myself. Like I definitely don't take all of the supplements that you take, but some of them for sure. And I just find the closer I am to nature yeah. Every day in different ways, the healthier I feel. Um, and also like mentally, I just feel better. Like energy is better, stress is lower. Um, I feel less like I guess irritable or like annoyed or like I'm overwhelmed because I have all of these things to do and all these emails to answer. Like I just feel like I kind of have my life together <laughs> when I go for a walk outside, and it's great. And Again, like, you know, I talk about it online, on social media, and it seems so simple, but people don't do it. Like, people just don't – we're just so removed from nature now um, that it feels like just, you know, you're, like, prescribing free biohacks of getting into nature. It feels like the most obvious thing to say to somebody, but yet people still don't do it, so – I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just like, no, it's, I didn't, yeah. you know, you're dead on.
1: You're, you're dead on. It, it is weird. Like, like people would rather take a pill. And yeah. I think we're, we're sold that idea too, that it's like, it is too simple and, and it's mm. dirty out there and you'll get exposed to bad things out there. So don't go outside. Mm. Like, that's almost what we're taught. Like, don't interact with other people now. And they're different from you. They're in that mm. other group. Whenever we're told we're in like one of two groups, it's bullshit. It's a hundred percent bullshit yeah. when we're told like you're either a Republican or a Democrat you're a racist or a non-racist you're you wear mask or you don't wear masks it's black lives matter and not black lives matter it's it's this or it's that it's like no, it's not like you're Christian yeah. or you're non-christian you're no it's not it's not we're like we're we have so much in common we're we're all human beings that are trying to to survive and find love and find our why here. Mm-hmm. And we have so much in common and we're not mm-hmm. like one of two groups and there isn't the polarity that they're trying to tell us there is. We're actually in what a friend of mine calls the no-larity. Like we're in that in-between space. So if someone's trying to put you in that box, like mm-hmm. don't accept it because like that's isolating you and it's making you feel fear and anger. And, and that's not going to be good for your health and your immune system. The, the best study of all time, the Harvard study, where they've uh, gone 80 years now looking at multi-generations, looking at every aspect of their lives, they found the number one factor in in longevity isn't cholesterol levels or genetics or uh, ethnicity or whatever. It's, it's quality of relationships. That's the number one factor. And we see that with the blue zones and the super centenarians too. It's not that they're taking peptides and doing enemas and, And, you know, getting exosomes, it's they're living past 100 because they, yes, there's Mediterranean food and red wine and those things, but they have the community, they have the connection. And by the way, it's a psychosomatic thing connected to the food. It's not just the food. I've been to Sardinia three times and they have three hour meals and they get into a parasympathetic state when they're eating food. And whenever they think about food, they get into a parasympathetic state. That's psychosomatic. Like, whereas when we eat food, we're racing down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic. We're at the vending machine. We're at the convenience store. We're snacking, eating our M&Ms. We're like, even if it's healthy food, we're still getting a psychosomatic response that we're in a heightened, vigilant state, and it can be unhealthy for our body because it's psychosomatically anchored to a negative state. So even if we're eating broccoli and, you know, whatever, this healthy food. We might still have an unhealthy inflammatory response because of what we've anchored.
0: I'd like to interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about Inside Tracker. So, the truth is that people age at different speeds. The date that marks your birthday doesn't necessarily reflect your body's biological age or known as your inner age with Inside Tracker. Learning your biological age can definitely seem daunting at first, and I felt the same way when I did this test. But it's more than just a simple measurement. It's a starting point for you to take control of your health and wellness journey. Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and now fitness trackers to help you optimize your performance from the inside out. First, they analyze your body's biomarker data to offer you a clear picture of what's going on inside. Then they provide science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes and track your progress every step of the way. If you're interested in this, definitely check it out. I'm so, so happy I did it. I learned a lot about what's going on for me. You can use my discount code Biohacking Brittany through the link in the show notes, and that will get you 25% off both testing your biological age and any of the other tests and products as well. So that's Biohacking Brittany for 25% off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I think a lot of what you're talking about is a systemic problem. Um, you know, like you can do everything on an individual level, like living in the Western world in order to eat healthier and take time away, not looking at a screen and being mindfulness about mindful about your food. Um, but on a practical level, you know, someone's working a nine to five, they might only get half an hour for their lunch. They might only get 10 minutes to go out and quickly get a coffee and you better get a big one so you get enough caffeine so you have enough energy for the day, right? So I think there's like the micro level and then there's the macro level and I'm not sure the same parameters that exist in America are the same for like places that you just talked about, like having three-hour right. meals where
1: right. you
0: have wine and friends and family and like it sounds beautiful and amazing. Um so I think the solution is you know on a macro level and a micro level and it's almost like our whole system needs an overhaul.
1: Yeah, agreed. And and it's also just taking some of those cues, can you bring some of those things into your life? Like one of the things I talk about in the book, like for example, with morning routines is that it sounds like you know, like I had Ben Greenfield on a show once and like he had like basically like a three hour morning routine. And it's like, well, this isn't like executable for most people. But, yeah. for example, most people wake up and eh, 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 roll out of bed. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I stayed up so late watching a Game of Thrones and I, you know, I was up past midnight. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and, oh, hold on. Let, let me get some coffee. Let me get a donut. I need some sugar because my brain is... The neurons are actually firing slower. They've shown this and they're starving for energy. So I need the caffeine and the sugar. And so now I'm going to get in my car. I'm feeling like I'm late. I'm rushed. I'm weaving in and out of traffic. That jerk just cut me off. I finally get to work. And then I got to go right into the emails and I'm feeling buried and I'm going down the rabbit hole and I can't wait for lunch. That's all I'm thinking about because I need energy. I'm exhausted. I'm going to not make good choices again. I'm just going to get something that has sugar that has carbs i just need something to get me through today is brutal you wouldn't understand then i'm like you know it's it's getting later in the day i'm not going to make it to the end of my day and so i'm going to go to the soda machine i'm going to get a coke maybe a candy bar some m m's and then i'm finally like weaving through traffic going back home i'm just exhausted i'm going to lay down on the couch i'm definitely not going to go work out or do anything i just need to chill you wouldn't understand how tough my day has been now if you just woke up, if you gave me five minutes, let me start the day off with the light slowly gets brighter in the room. With You can buy lamps that do that or an app or something. You can get an app that the chimes get a little louder and come in and you wake up in a kind of more easy state instead of an alarm state. And then you do some box breathing, maybe an eight second box, like three or four times where you go. You breathe in for eight seconds. You hold. You breathe out for eight seconds. Hold. Repeat that like three or four times. Now you're easing into things. Have some gratitude for a couple minutes. Just talk about all the things that you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful that I have a job. I'm grateful that my dog is right here next to me. I'm grateful that uh, you know I have running water and and food in my house and heat and. I'm just grateful that, that today is going to be a great day, rolling right into my affirmations, that today is going to be a wonderful day. And I am blessed. I am incredible. I am talented. I am brilliant. I am happy. I am beautiful. I am going to accomplish amazing things today. I'm going to impact someone's life today. You have to have the, the voice that impacts you. Your voice is the most important voice in your life. If anyone talked to you like you talked to you, you wouldn't be their friend. You have to change that voice and make it something that's impactful to you. Be your own best advocate. People take cues from you and treat you the way that you treat yourself. So you need to treat yourself better if you want people to treat you better. So you go through the gratitude, the affirmation. Then you get up do a minute or two of stretching get a full glass of water and then start your day and see how different that day is. That's five to 10 minutes. I'm not talking about radical stuff with cold plunges and red lights and peptides and all that stuff. I mean, that's pretty simple to do. Just do that. And another thing you want to do when you get to work is to not get into the email until maybe 10 AM and to do like Tim Ferriss and Cal Newport talk about this the deep work, like where you, you know, you knock something big out, mm-hmm. On your list, like for that first two hours, it's very focused work. No distractions, no cell phone, no email, and just knock out a huge task in that two hours and you'll feel so accomplished. And then at that point, you can maybe have like if you're intermittent fasting, that's when you can start thinking about your first meal and maybe you've had bulletproof coffee in the morning and you're kind of like easing into your day. Now you're checking your email, but you're accomplished. You've had a great morning. And it's a very different day just with those minor changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I was just reading about that in this business book, uh, last night, actually I was talking about not being responsive in the mornings, um, and not letting other people take over your day and doing exactly like three big tasks, uh, or one big task, or or just something that's a deep work where you really need to focus without notifications going off, without emails. Um, Because most of the time, those notifications and those emails, like the house isn't on fire, right? Like it's not – no one is dying. Like it's not drastic, very emergency things. But we kind of treat it like it is, you know? Um, And what's also interesting was in this book, he was talking about how – we kind of get a dopamine hit after every email we reply to because we feel like we've accomplished something. Whereas a big task that you're going to sit down and work on your book for an hour, that's going to take you an hour to get that dopamine hit. Whereas your email would take you a few minutes maybe, and then you feel good about yourself. But long-term, like it it doesn't really move the needle, right? And so we go, we get back to like leveling up your business. So it's, you know, kind of being aware of that in general and changing your daily routine. Like, it sounds amazing, like this five-minute routine you've got.
1: Yeah, and and it's you're also in training people to, again, you're not setting boundaries and you're telling them that your time isn't that important when you're responding to emails and texts and things like immediately, immediately, immediately. Yeah. And you're also telling that to yourself. You're saying, hey, body, hey, brain, like, you know i'm not that important we can respond to everything immediately that yeah. it's not that valuable that self care isn't that valuable doing big tasks is not that valuable i'm just going to respond yeah. to everything in real time and my own well being is not that important
0: exactly um i have a last question for you yeah so in terms of biohacking i feel like we've talked a lot about like the dark side of biohacking which is yeah. good because like because we need to talk about it right and like sure. it, it's you know there's a dark side to wellness as well and there's yeah. a, you know 100%. healthy trends in general um yeah. so where do you see biohacking going in the next five years next 10 years where do you where do you think we're going to be what do you think is going to be going on
1: That's a great question. And, you know, to your point, you were talking about like the woo thing coming in. I think it's really interesting that like biohacking like 10, 15 years ago was magnets in the fingers and chips in your head and and all that stuff. And it was about, it wasn't even about being limitless, like in terms of optimizing your human body, it was about uh, almost becoming like a part machine. And then it became like, you know, biohacking became like uh, bulletproof coffee and supplements and things like that. And then it started getting into red light and saunas and and cold plunges. And then it started getting Mm -hmm. into gratitude journals and affirmations and breathwork and plant medicine. And it's really interesting to see where it's going. To me, I think plant medicine is going to be the future of biohacking because I've seen the deepest changes on a physiologic, mental, and spiritual level, like I've been able to re-pattern. I've been able to break through these ego constructs that have been holding me back. I've been able to change the stories and perceptions that I've been, and projections that I've been putting out there and telling myself, this is the way it is. Like those people are talking about me and I'm insecure and, and these people really don't love me. They're going to use me. They're going to burn me. Like I need to defend myself, all these things like that I've been telling myself for years or, you know, you're not attractive, like you're going to fail, watch, you know, all this stuff,
0: you Mm -hmm. know,
1: they're all, they're all projections. They're all like the ego is constantly trying to protect you from and and help you survive. It's rewriting the story all the time, but a lot of times it's rewriting the story in a very untrue way. You know, there's your side, my side and the truth. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's constantly projecting and it's rewriting the story and, and telling you things to help you survive, but they're not necessarily truth, and they're not vulnerable. And when I've been in the plant medicine space, I feel like I've gained like true intimacy with people and myself because I feel fully vulnerable and I feel seen and I feel like I'm seeing those people and seeing them vulnerable. And it, it's, it's so unique because there's people I've known all my life that I don't feel like that with. You know, I know them well, but I don't know them like mm-hmm. that. And so when you get into that space, right. um, it's very unique. You need the right set, the mindset going in. You need the right setting. You need great facilitators. It's not just about the plant medicine at all. It really matters, like having great facilitators Is you can use much lower doses if you can lean in, if you feel safe, if you feel uh, non-judge, non-judged, and you have the right people, the right energy around you, you can use one fifth the dose um, and have a very different experience. So, like that's really important too. And and I've seen facilitators uh, really stepping up with a lot of that discussion. And then I've also been working with some doctors that are putting protocols around this and and are involving me in this research and these discussions about what would be some supplements pre peri and post what would what would we do with journey dosing versus micro dosing and like when like what if we use oxytocin uh exosomes you know uh different things that increase bdnf like coffee berry and um and lion's mane like when would we use those things that enhance serotonin like um SSRIs like uh Zembrin from Kana um using things like that like those are those are all things that I'm exploring right now and I really feel like that's where you're getting all of it we're we're leveling up on on all planes we're leveling up parasympathetically sympathetically spiritually mentally physically um because we're like repatterning patterning ourselves
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool I I've done a bit of plant medicine but not nearly as much as I want to um COVID has kind of put a little damper on my plant medicine wants and desires um but it's definitely something on my radar for the future as well so in terms of just like quickly in terms of plant medicine are you talking like ayahuasca mushrooms psychedelics or like specifically what are you talking about
1: I am. I haven't done ayahuasca yet. I am going to do uh, some of those in June. I've okay. done MDMA, MDA, Bufo, which is like 5-MeO, um, DMT, um, and I've done psilocybin, psilocybin the most. Honestly, like if, if someone were to just get going, I feel like that's the easiest place to start. Yeah. Um, ayahuasca is a little bit more on the extreme end and again i think biohackers that are Mm -hmm. like in that mindset of like sacrifice and grind uh that can be Mm -hmm. not the best path like I, i feel like psilocybin and and this is me speaking from someone that was that person um and is recovering from being that person like that psilocybin is much more gentle and and really um, allows you to kind of ease your way in especially if you use like a small amount of like mda which is also called sassafras or mdma and you have the psilocybin with cacao um, that would be like a gentle journey like something in like the one to two and a half gram It, it varies by strains um what the experience is like but you know start slower and lower and, and get the right facilitators and and feel comfortable and be able to lean in mm-hmm. you'll have a very pleasant experience and you know especially if you combine it with breath work that's that helps a lot the holotropic breath work um those are some things to look at
0: yeah cool and, amazing and so me, where can this
1: in last second is microdosing. Yeah is amazing too. Um, doing microdose psilocybin I found like really reduces anxiety. It kind of like you feel like that no dirt on your shoulder kind of thing. Like I feel like, um, uh, just like more ease. Um, I don't feel as stressed and then microdose LSD I found is kind of like a version of like I use New Vigil or or Pro Vigil, you know, at times, and it's kind of something like that. Like I feel like very productive on it. Um, so they're they're both interesting to experiment with as well. Um, but I think you're going to say, where can people find me? <laughs> and uh, people, yeah. Can, yeah. yeah, where
0: can people connect with you?
1: Um, yeah, people can find me at, uh, seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S. I have a lot of guides there, scientific guides on fasting, the immune system, what to take with COVID, uh, how to get going on keto and all those things. <laughs> but I have my book coming out, uh, Energy Formula. Um, it will be out probably when this show goes live. Um, and you can go to energyformula.com. Mm-hmm. It's 99 cents. And it's 400 full color pages, over 100 scientific citations, 60 full color diagrams. I go through all the supplements, all the doses and brands, um, all the uh, techniques and devices. Uh, I don't have any affiliate revenue coming in. Like this is just honest advice. And uh, and then if you sign up there, then you also get like a free fasting guide, a fasting for energy guide that's about 25 pages that tells you like how to do a fast, what fasting type you are. And then I have a hidden chapter as well in natural ancestral movement um, for free as well. So you get all that for 99 cents. I think that's a hell of a deal. You can get the hardcover for 39.99, yeah. but it's uh, I only make 20 cents on the hardcover because it's, again, it's actually full color <laughs> and like really nice uh, paper and binding and all that stuff. I wanted to go all in, so... Um, and then in maybe three months I have an audible coming out, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. And then I'm on Instagram at Sean Wells, uh, again, S H A W N W E L L S. And then I've been doing clubhouse quite a bit lately and I'm at biohacking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I saw that. <laughs> Um, amazing. I will link all of that in the show notes um, so people can find you and connect with you. And this was great. This was a really honest conversation. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with us about all things biohacking. That was awesome.
1: No, thanks for having me on, Brittany. You're amazing. And I'd love to have more conversations. And certainly at some point, we're going to exchange microbiomes and oxytocin (laughs) with a good hug
0: okay (laughs) sounds perfect okay thanks
1: all right see ya
0: thank you so much for tuning in today as always feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new if you have a question about your health my dms are always open and I'm currently taking new clients thanks and see you next time